are Locked On Wildcats. Your daily podcast on the Arizona Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for listening to Locked On Wildcats. I was scared there for a second. I thought there was a like a little icon that showed somebody watching us live. I'm like, oh shoot, we're not supposed to be live. But anyways, with John Schuster, I'm merely Mike Luke. We were talking about in the uh, yesterday about how, and by yesterday, I mean a few minutes ago, uh-huh, that, right. about teams that are generally just kind of always in it. And you mentioned the Warriors. You mentioned the Heat. You mentioned you know teams like that. Why are there teams that will forever suck? And that no matter who they seemingly get in, like a team like the Kings, I know they had the little run 20 years ago. The Kings are never going to really be good. Why, why are teams like the King or teams like the Kings, the Knicks, why do they, why do they, why do they perpetually, why, why, why do they exist? Why do they, why do they, they exist? That's a question too. Why do they perpetually suck? It, I'm not, it's not, it's not easy to figure that out uh, because the obvious answer is that ownership is terrible and that maybe ownership has too much invested in its own ego as, or, or it doesn't want to pay the money or any of, of, or, or it just hires people who don't have good qualities and good sense to try to navigate uh, its way through the system. I think that's the logical, simple answer Maybe there are reasons the players, good players that can put them over the top, ultimately don't want to go there. Uh, but it's, um, you know, it's probably a little bit more complicated than that. I don't think any owner, you know, necessarily buys a team to want to lose. But, oh, right. you know, I, and so. But is it so more you, like having a cool sports car you can tell people about, but you yeah. don't really care if like, yeah. Yeah, that, that's right. It's like, I own the Kings. Okay, so that's great. Yeah. It's a nice Lamborghini. So what? Right. Yeah, it's, a, it, it's a great Kia. Yeah, that, yeah, right. Well, we've gone from a Lamborghini to a Kia Optima. Yeah, but at least the Kia uh, runs effectively, and the Lamborghini doesn't have to worry too much. The about Lamborghini generally in the shop is the Optima goes speeding by it. Exactly, goes speeding by. So I assume that I don't. I don't think it's any team should be able to win. And frankly, here's here's the thing: we we think in this terminology as if. For instance, let's use a great example. Heck, we can use a couple, a, a couple examples off the top of our head. Let's use the New England Patriots. Were the New England Patriots for 80 years a good football team? No, but they were at least good in spurts. So what? I mean, the Kings were good in spurts. The Knicks were good in spurts. I mean, but they weren't. They 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 found a couple components that made. They were not a blue blood football right, franchise right, right. until. They managed to get some personnel in place that made them that they way. On the Rush, they they weren't on the Mount Rushmore. And now they are the Mount Rushmore. Uh, San Antonio. San Antonio was and also ran in the NBA since it came over from the ABA. Right. And then they put some pieces together and it worked. Golden State. I mean, we talk about Golden State as if the Warriors have been a dynasty for 70 years. Like they're the hour well, back all right, sure, ask Rick Barry when they won one title and then got bounced by the Suns in the Western Conference Finals and disappeared for 40 years. Uh, so, I mean, it's not like Golden State was, you know, a great franchise either. 
you look at I think you can go sport to sport to sport and there's been a lot of a lot more turnover than we think in terms of what works as far as longevity is concerned the Celtics for what 30 years were a relative non-factor the Lakers have been on and off I, I think the Lakers probably in the NBA are the best example of a franchise that has the best chance to be good quickest uh, they're but, the one team that seems that they can always just go out and get a Shaq or get a LeBron or get yeah, a, and they have and they have uh, a they're your Yankees a league that benefits itself by virtue of attention and is in a city that benefits itself by virtue of attention. Right. Uh, so, but they're more effective in that than the Clippers are, even right. though the Clippers have tried like hell and have been right on the fringe. Maybe a couple breaks uh, and and think, think things work a little bit better the Clippers way. So. I think the point here is that there's always an opportunity out there for a team that you don't think ought to be in this conversation to get into this conversation, but it remains impressive, whatever that window happens to be for teams that have been good. If it's 15 or 20 years, take it, be thankful for it, and uh, go from there. Uh, I, and, and and right now we have had some turnover, and I think that's uh, that's pretty interesting. The Heat have been good. The Warriors have been good. The Spurs were good with Popovich and the big three that you talked about on another podcast. But, you know, there's there's room to make adjustments and reason to believe that you can still uh, be successful. But a lot of luck and a lot of skill clearly goes into that. Schuster, do the uh, do the Suns uh, or excuse me, do the uh, Warriors close out the Mavericks tonight? Because you should go to Bet Online Sportsbook if you're going to bet on that. If I, I'm inclined to think Dallas is going to win Game Four, I kind of think they will, and then I think it gets closed out in five. I yeah, I feel the same way. All right, so there you go, Bet Online Sportsbook. Taking a quick break. Be right back. You know what else? I also think it is though, Schuster. I think that successful people or generally people that are good at their job aren't okay with being crappy. Give me an idea, like. If Pat Riley was running the Sacramento Kings instead of the Miami Heat, mm-hmm. I, I, I think there becomes this kind of just, you know, this just kind of acceptance. Oh, well, you know what? Maybe we can make the playoffs this year. Whereas a guy like a Pat Riley is thinking to himself, if I just make the playoffs this year, we didn't do something right. I think there's like, I think when you're successful at that level, I think there's probably, and again, this is coming from somebody who has never been at that level, nor will ever be at that level. But it does strike me as something, though, a, a way somebody's wired. Like, I can't imagine him just going through the motion Kings GMs have done for the last 40 years or whatever. Yeah, and it's and and I'm not sure, and maybe there is a personality trait that can narrow this down a little bit. But, you, you know, for instance, you look at a guy, let's use football as an example. Basketball is a little, a little, has a little bit more clarity to navigate, perhaps. Right. Because when you're talking about, greats on the managerial side, you know, you're talking about a list of 10, you know, I'm sure it's larger than that, but generally Riley's on that list. Now we're back's on that list. And Phil Jackson's on that list. You can put Steve Kerr on that list. Popovich is on that list. Uh, Chuck, uh, Chuck Daly's on that list. You know, there are, uh, uh, if I didn't say, if I didn't say Jackson, obviously I meant to include Jackson in that. Uh, and, 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 and they are smart about picking jobs with good opportunities and then getting players who want to perform uh, with them. Uh, so that those things I, I think help, but I don't know if there's a personality similarity between Kerr and Jackson and Popovich and Auerbach and 
uh, Jerry right. Buss and so on and so forth. So, so I don't know when you're going into this conversation, how easy it is to ultimately see or whether these guys are just smart enough to take, you know, the right position and see that that career move ultimately works for them. I guess the, a great example here is the what if of, you know, what happens if Steve Kerr takes the Knicks job instead of the Warriors job, uh, right. which was obviously being tossed about. And you think, and, he, re you think he regrets not taking the Knicks job? Clearly. Uh, obviously, the only people who regret that are Knicks fans. Uh, so. <laughs> So, so maybe there's also a career understanding that goes into this as well. For Jackson, yeah, I can be, you know, people can complain about me all they want about having Jordan and Shaq and Bryant, but I was smart enough to coach Jordan, Shaq, and Bryant. Right. So why wouldn't I take that job as opposed to another? What player? am I supposed to say? No, I'm good. Yeah, right. No, I'll take the, I'll, I'll take, we, I'll take the Hornets job instead. Right. You know, it's like, well, no. Uh, so, you know, having having a recognition of what you have available to you probably goes a long way in this conversation as well. And, uh, you know, beyond a personality, being able to scout and believe that you've got a core that has a chance to be successful uh, for a period of, for for some longevity in a period of time probably helps you out uh, quite a bit. And and maybe there are managers that just have that eye that works well as far as their career trajectory is concerned. He's John Schuster of Mike Luke. You've been listening to Locked On Wildcats.